0: It's episode 24 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. Today, I welcome on fellow Blue Wire Hustle podcasters, a part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Emma Houghton and Patrick Zhang, part of the Did You Hear podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining yeah. me. Yeah, thanks
1: for having <laughs> us. We're super excited to be here. No, of course. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're really happy to talk with you.
0: Yeah, so uh, how did you guys start Did You Hear?
2: Yeah, so it's actually it's act, it's actually funny because <laughs> Pat and I both went to Villanova and I think it Go was Cass. I think it was sophomore year that I met Pat. He was on the radio and he was telling me about how he broadcasted Villanova basketball games and that was something I was interested in. Oh, wow. So he he really looped me into that and then we called almost all the games together senior year pretty much. And then after grad I think it was maybe October, September, or October. I heard about Blue Wire Hustle. I knew that I wanted to have a podcast, and I reached out to Pat saying, "I think we should do this together. I think it'd be really fun." And and that's where we're at now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. We we basically both got our start at Villanova's radio station WXvu. We had uh, we had shows there, um, and we did the basketball games together. We were friends at Nova, and as Emma said, she uh, she helped get this thing off the ground.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I uh, I only have like locals on. So it's pretty cool to hear a couple people from a pretty big name school in terms of uh, NCAA basketball. But how was like the lifestyle in, at Villanova? And uh, what was it, I'm assuming you guys watched the Chris Jenkins again? <laughs>
1: I have it. Oh, written yeah. down.
0: But yeah, how was Villanova as a school? And what was it like down there? Do you want me to take it first? Yeah, go ahead, Pat.
1: Sure. Um. Well, to to sum it up, I'd say it was the best four years of my life. Uh. <laughs> I I love Nova. I am Nova is very near and dear to my heart. Uh. Just great experiences there. Uh. That is not to say that the school part was not very difficult. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I mean the I have met some of my best friends there. We had so many so many good times. And as you said with the athletics, I mean being able to be so involved as well with the basketball team. I mean, for me personally, I, I was worked with the radio since my my first day on campus, pretty much, and I ran the sports section of the station from my wow. sophomore year on. Um, so I was right there with with all of them, and it was it was so cool. Uh, you know, covering especially covering that 2018 national championship team. Uh, I, will, I will never ever forget any of that.
2: Yeah, we we were seniors in high school when Jenkins hit that shot.
1: Yes, so we were seniors.
2: I don't know if I've ever even asked you this, Pat. I had already committed to Villanova, so I remember being so happy because I knew all these people were gonna commit right after Chris Jenkins made the shot.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
2: "Nope, I already knew I was in before."
1: Uh, but I am, I am not one of those people. That's okay, good. good. There. I was, I was a January commit. To, yeah. To Villanova. So, no, I had been following their season beforehand anyway. Listen, I grew up watching Big East basketball. I knew I was interested in going to Villanova, but no, no, no. I was invested before <laughs> Jenkins hit that shot. Trust me. I, I tackled my father onto the ground when it went in Um, at what, yeah. like 1145 Eastern that night. So uh, that's still a great memory, even though we weren't officially there yet.
2: Yeah. And, and just to be there for a championship, it was just as fun. I mean, we had a parade in in Philly. Right mm-hmm. after that, wow. that was that was one of my favorite memories of the whole oh, thing. Oh, for sure. But the school spirit—that was something that that really stuck out to me. Looking out to schools, I wanted to go to a school where going to sports games was a big deal, and yeah. then all of the other sports stuff came along with it. So it it really was an incredible decision and in, in a really good four years.
0: So you said you committed to Villanova. Were there like was there a specific reason why you committed to Villanova, or were you just did the studies stand out to you? Was it the athletics that stood out to you? What was the reason why you wanted to go to Villanova? Yeah, honest,
2: honestly, it was, it was the athletics for me. And I didn't know until my sophomore year that I wanted to go into sports media. So after, oh, okay. I mean, sophomore year, I joined the radio. And then my senior year, I joined the newspaper because I, I like to write too. And I was able to cover the, the women's basketball team. But it was school spirit. And I had actually, I tell the story all the time. My brother and I, when we were little... We used to print out rosters and play basketball in our basement. And I would always <laughs> print out Villanova's roster. And that was Scotty Reynolds' time, Pat. Yep. Final
1: so it four, was, 2009.
2: Yeah, I was going to say two, 2007 to 2009, probably. And um, honestly, at that point, it was probably because their colors were cool. But as, <laughs> as time went on, it was just how, how, how happy people really looked there. And it's not fake at all people really love being there and i wanted to be a part of that
1: yeah that, and that, that's a a great question and a, and a great answer from emma and i would say for me it it checked off a bunch of boxes like i, I knew i kind of wanted to stay in the northeast so i'm originally from new york uh as, as emma said you know athletics wise i knew I, they had the the great basketball team of course uh, the football team's pretty good there uh, as well. So that was, you know, lower division than you know, what you would normally watch, but still, still a solid thing there. The academics were good for me. A really big thing was the campus and the look of the campus. Um, I found out early on in my college Same. visits that, that I was not a city college person. Um, which listen, if there are plenty of people that love it like that, I just wanted to be more on a like traditional college campus. So, you know, the greenery, the buildings, everything kind of being together, and that really sold me. Um, and as Emma said too, like, you can't, you know, walk on to Villanova and not see the spirit. It's just there. It's I don't know how to describe it, but it's something that you can like tangibly feel once you get on that campus. And that that really got through to me. And kind of once I visited there for the first time, I knew that it's where I really wanted to go.
0: Yeah, it looks like such a like outstanding atmosphere because I know this is like on an extremely smaller scale, but at my high school the my grad year was very it had everything like Mm. fights it fights in the commons (laughs) Uh, like from all grades and then it was just like everybody would meet up in the parking lot at lunch people would play music out loud especially in the summer Mm. everyone would meet up at like a like the docks is what we called it. So it was like this big, long dock in the middle of a like lake. And then our football team was really good. We won uh, we won provincials, and we went there the next two years after. Oh, so wow. the school spirit was like, I understand that being a reason why you'd want to go to a school, just because there's, you can get involved in so many different ways. Exactly. And just like the memories that you can create is just otherworldly yeah that's the perfect way to put it i all o- whenever i talk about villanova i
2: always talk about- i'm also wearing a villanova shirt right now unintentionally i wouldn't be surprised if pat was wearing <laughs> villanova apparel too I i'm actually believe... not i normally am but <laughs>
1: not. Now i feel bad about myself
2: <laughs> but i'm sure you agree everybody is wearing villanova stuff on campus all and i remember touring wardrobe. yeah i remember touring and thinking wow if they wear it, they must really, really like it. And everybody yeah. is wearing Villanova stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, I get made... To that point, I get made fun of all the time by family members that they, like, yeah. they only see me in Villanova clothing. And it's like, I, I'm sorry. I've, A, I'm really prideful in the school. And, you know, B, I just... I love it. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. wear it everywhere.
0: Yeah, I had my buddy on, Devin Pasaglia, and he was the kicker on our... The year we won the Provincials. And Sweet. we went into overtime and Oof. our defense made a stop but then when we got to offense it came down to him to hit a 35 yarder and it filled up uh our cfl team bc lions we played mm-hmm. in the stadium there and he only filled up half the one side so when he kicked it you couldn't necessarily tell if it went in
1: oh, so no. there
0: was like a long like there was a <laughs> bit of a pause like two or like one or two second pause after it went through and we just all had our eyes beamed on the ref underneath and we saw both of them put his arms up and we went absolutely crazy it was like i wouldn't miss it for the world and then i talked to him after like this this is what gave me chills and this is just high school i can't even imagine like chris jenkins shot but yeah. i talked to him after and i was like so like what were you feeling like what was going through your head and he's like I just, I knew I was going to hit it. Like, I just knew it. Like, I stepped back and I saw it and I was like, he's like, I didn't have a doubt in my mind that I was going to miss that. And I was like. Look at that. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And like I said, that's only high school. So I can't even imagine like any sort of college level, like the Penn State whiteout games. Mm -hmm. Oh, those are are awesome. the, The Bama versus Auburn football like that rivalry like any sort yeah. of basketball but yeah. those
2: ones are crazy different scale too just because of the yeah. sheer volume of people there it's unbelievable i know
0: it's wild yeah uh one question just like a kind of like a softer side question but what cool. got you into sports like was there a player Ooh. or some sort of play or a win like a game like is there any? Thing that got you guys into sports that made you want to cover it so badly?
2: That's a great question. I so I grew up playing softball. Mm. If I cut you off there, Pat. Um, no, no, go. So I grew up playing softball. I've been I play in like a rec fun league now, but I played competitively from probably age seven to senior year of high school. So I knew that I wasn't going to play in college. I knew that I wasn't going to to play. Period. And then I guess I had just been so involved in softball and baseball specifically is my favorite sport. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. If I had to say a moment, it was anything related to David Ortiz, any home run he hit 2004. My dad was at almost all of the ALCS games in 2004 against the Yankees. I've watched all those replays back. So I'm, that's probably I'm, that's his memory, and I'm I'm stealing it from him, even though I barely remember <laughs> it. But just it's truly the atmosphere. I want to get paid to be at games. That is the goal, yeah, right? I love that. And and uh, being there. And I've always loved to write. And recently, as podcasting and radio has come, I've really liked to talk about it. And I think sports is the perfect way yeah. to do it. And we get to talk about fun stuff all the time and i'm not sure why everybody doesn't want to do it honestly
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it. when i started this i always talked about sports and i was like why don't i just like do this into a mic and record it and yeah throw it out?
1: yeah like, yes yeah, so how did you get started jevin I'll, I'll go but i'm interested to hear your take
0: um so i played soccer i played t-ball at, like four but that doesn't really count I played <laughs> soccer with, like, no goalies, so that doesn't really count either. But I played at six, and then I complained that it was too cold because it was raining out. So I quit <laughs> that day, and then I played, started playing hockey. So that there makes sense. And then, <laughs> but I think it was, like, Patty Kane. He oh, He's my perfect. favorite hockey player of all time. Just... I like, I like to try and play the same style he did, um, like really finesse and like a playmaker. But I'd say he was like the sole reason that got me into it. And then I don't know if you've seen the movie Miracle, but I think of it's course, one of the yeah. movies of all time. Yeah. yeah. I watched, my dad showed me that movie and then that really got me into it. I watch it every birthday. And oh, then, I love that. That's I, a great tradition. Yeah it's my favorite movie of all time nothing will top it but i think miracle and patty kane that's what got me into sports no that's cool and then fantasy and then fantasy football got me into football yeah but hmm. uh, but yeah in terms of hockey and sports in general it was patrick kane and the movie miracle
1: hey I'm just sick. got his 400th goal
0: oh yeah and that spin around a goal against carolina yep.
1: that was ridiculous Jeez.
0: yeah
1: Listen, he's one of the all-time greats, so it's a perfect player to uh, <laughs> to model it off of and catch you into it. Greatest um,
0: American to play, in my opinion.
1: I I think there's absolutely an argument for that. I I really do. He is he's he's influenced an entire generation of American hockey coming up. So like I I think it's and it's great. He's only 32. I mean, it feels like he should be 40 at this point, but it's because he broke into the league when he was 19. Um, I know. But yeah, no, I Kane Kane's unbelievable. Um, I take an interesting approach to it. So I, I was always intrigued by commentators. I don't know why, but like, oh, okay. I, think a, I think a part of it was that I grew up being very spoiled and that baseball is my favorite sport. And I got to listen to, to Gary Cohen, Ron Darling, mm-hmm. and Keith Hernandez for every game for, for the Mets. And they are just on another world. And I was always interested in that same thing with hockey. I mean, I had Howie Rose as, as a play-by-play guy there. And I just I love that. I mean, think about what they're really doing. They're telling the story in front of you. And a a, a part of me was just always interested in being able to play a role in in telling that story and and trying to make it interesting and trying to go through it. So I knew I really wanted to get involved with it. And then on an athletic level, like I I played baseball, basketball, you know, ran track and cross country. Uh, I blew out my shoulder um, playing baseball. So that ended that. And then I had some concussions, which ended really my competitive athletic career. But, you know, sports were always me and I wanted to stay involved with it. So that only pushed me more and more into the broadcasting portion so I could stay involved. So that's the quick way of summing it up.
2: <laughs> Pat and I did see our fair share of intramurals at Villanova too, though.
1: That does uh, need to be said. Yeah, listen, I may have blown out my shoulder when I was younger. That wasn't going to stop me from tr- almost <laughs> blowing it out a million times over again at Villanova Intramurals.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, quick question before we get into the real stuff. Who's yeah. your, your favorite announcers or broadcasters or any sort of thing any sport
1: oh it's so tough because I could name so many of them <laughs> but for, for me my idol who I named, Gary Cohen um, is, is definitely my idol the Mets play-by-play guy he also does play-by-play on Seton Hall basketball I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, I think it was a year or two years ago uh, at one of the Villanova games when Villanova played Seton Hall, I got to go up with him and speak with him for a little bit and pick his brain, and that was one of the best moments of my life. But there are so many great ones that I love. Brendan Burke's the Islanders guy, now Bill Raftery's the best uh, uh-huh. for, for basketball. Uh, so there are so many cool ones, but Gary Cohen's my number one. Yeah,
2: that's a good one. And you grew up with him. You grew up yes. with him, which is cool too. He's the voice of my childhood. Honestly, yeah. he's the voice
1: of my life, basically at this point, <laughs> being that I'm now 23 and he's still doing games for us. Yeah. But.
2: My favorite duo is Gus Johnson and Bill Raftery. When they do Villanova yep. games, that's always the best. But For I sure. think individually, Doris Burke is one of the best sports commentators of she's, all
0: time. She's, she's unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's just so right.
1: knowledgeable.
2: I love when yeah. she's when yeah. she's calling those games, and her and Breen are a perfect duo too. And she is she's just awesome. so good. I did color, and Pat did play-by-play at Villanova, and her color is it, doing color is so much harder than it looks because it's such a, a timeline to get your points in yeah. and, and she makes mm-hmm. it seem so seamless and so effortless yeah. and her knowledge of the game is i think just unmatched
1: yeah yeah I, no, I mean, I, jevin do you have a favorite announcer
0: i do uh jim Houston, and mm. for the nhl i don't know if yes. you guys have heard him but yeah he's really big up in canada but He voices the game so well, and when the Canucks, my favorite hockey team, when they went on their cup run in 2011, he was the main announcer for that, and some of his calls were, like, gives me chills, and I also like Mike Tirico.
1: Oh, yeah, he's great, great too. He's He's such a pro.
0: He he can do everything. Hockey, football, baseball, he can do anything, and... He went on like a hiatus from hockey, and then he did the Lake Tahoe series with yep. mm. Boston versus Philly and Vegas versus Colorado, and he did the games. And like after such a hiatus, he fit in so well, like yeah, he never left. They don't miss a, a beat. It's
2: insane that they can do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Mike Tariq and Jim Houston, I think, are those, those are great calls. My favorite announcers. Yeah, those those are awesome. So NFL headlines. First of all, I want to start off by saying, rest in peace to uh, Chris Schultz and Walter mm. Gretzky. They passed over the last couple of days. The Chris Schultz one really took me by surprise because he was only 60. Yeah, I 80, think so. And a heart attack took his life. But he was, a big, he was big up in Canada for the CFL and he had a career in the NFL as well. And then the greatest hockey dad of all time, Walter Gretzky, he did. <laughs> so much for his hometown and just the sport of hockey. So it was really tough for the sports world to uh, lose him as well as Chris. So rest in peace, condolences, and prayers to friends and family of them.
1: Absolutely. Well said.
0: Yeah. So NFL headlines, uh, I think the big one that caught a lot of people by surprise was J.J. Watt signing Arizona. Mm -hmm. Two years, $31 million. Were you guys as surprised as everyone else because AZ was not in the mix in <laughs> yeah. lines prior to that.
2: To say the least. Yeah, I think Pat and I talked about it a little bit because we, we obviously had a show about it. I think right before we did a segment with our professor from Villanova, actually, and then the time between when we recorded and when we released, he had signed. So we weren't able to talk about it. That's always the way it happens, obviously. Yeah. Of course. But, always. But just where... Arizona sits in the NFC West, it yeah. surprised me that that was an attractive place for Watt to go or to even think about. And I get, obviously, Kyler Murray's there. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins there. I think Cliff Kingsbury gets a lot of crap, but I still think he has a good coaching career to to transition into and adjust to. But compared to the other landing spots... Arizona definitely surprised me because I still don't think it makes them even the second best team in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. It did really surprise me just because I was certain that Watt was going to go to a true contender. So, I mean, thinking about it, you know, Tampa, Buffalo, Green Bay, you know, something like that.
0: I thought Buffalo was a big landing spot for him.
1: It it just made a lot of sense, right? So I, I looked at that now. For, for Arizona, you can get why he went to Arizona. A, I have a feeling they paid him more than anyone else because think about well, the $31 million for him.
0: He was definitely he, chasing the bag, I think. Yeah,
1: I kind of feel like that because this is not prime watt. So, you know, if you can get paid, go get that money. I mean, I, I definitely get that. You also add in, of course, the beautiful weather out there. It's <laughs> it's going to be a great place to go for him. Uh, it's an exciting team, as we say, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but you're throwing him out there in the West. I do not believe under any circumstance that Russell Wilson is going to be traded this off season. I just don't understand how that can make, they Seattle can make that make sense. Uh, I love the Rams. Uh, we talked about it before that yeah. uh, they are my too. early pick to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So I as, put,
0: yeah, I put a bet on them.
1: Oh, did I can't, yeah, yeah. I, I can't you? Yeah. Something
0: small, I like, like a, 10 bucks to win 110, but okay,
1: nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so that that's why I think it's a little weird. Now, do I think he can make an impact in Houston? Yeah, for sure. But I'm still kind of surprised that it wasn't, as I said, the Green Bay, is Tampa's Buffalo, even Pittsburgh,
2: world. even Pittsburgh yeah. with his brother. That one no, I think we, was more PR than
1: anything. Yeah. But still, apparently
0: Pittsburgh was never in the mix. Yeah, like, they didn't. They, they don't have the money. Money wise, him. money wise, yeah. 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 But uh, poor Russell Wilson, hey. Chandler <laughs> oh, Jones and J.J. Watt in Arizona. You got Aaron <laughs> Donald. On the Rams, you got Nick Bosa, you got DeForest Buckner on the 49ers. Yeah. That's why he runs out. <laughs> yeah, it's just poor guy. Poor guy.
2: And Dunlap was released today, too.
1: Yes, yeah. they, they, they mm. did release Dunlap. Yeah.
0: Um, Carson Wentz to Indy. Now, this was a while ago, and mm-hmm. I believe it was for a second-round pick and a third-round pick, and there's these conditions that if he plays – certain percentages of the season and snaps and it goes to a different pick it's complicated but how do you think he'll do an Indian do you think he'll kind of resurrect his career from his MVP form in 2017?
1: Pat you go first honey yeah to think. I can take it you know what if so funny we we did a show um, not too long ago where we kind of talked about teams to watch this off season, and I said the Colts because I looked at yeah. them as a, as a roster that I really like. I think they've got a lot of talent on defense. I think they're they're starting yeah. to put together on offense with some playmakers. You know, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. You know, th- things like that. Quentin Nelson might be the best offensive lineman in the league right now. But, you know, yeah, quarterback was an a rookie. Yeah, he's a stud. And, you know, they might play him at tackle. They might keep him at guard. Doesn't really matter because he's that good. So, yeah, I, I think that helps. So I looked at quarterback and I said, OK, you know, they had Philip Rivers. What was he going to do? Of course, ends up retiring yeah. for where Indy is for the position they are in that division where they should be the favorite in that division. I say go for it. And you know what? I'm OK with them reuniting Wentz with. Frank Reich, who was, of course, there in Philadelphia when Wentz was on fire. I I think there's a chance that Wentz can put it back together just because of how drastic he fell off this season. Now, listen, there's a chance that he just was broken and that they're not going to be able to put him back together. But just for the chance that you can see, I don't know if you see Wentz kind of playing at that level he was, you know, in their Super Bowl year before he got injured. But even if he's, I don't know, three quarters of that, With the roster that Indy has, I think they can compete. So I kind of like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do think they need to bring back either TY or bring in another mm -hmm. piece. Because or else he just has the same situation he had in Philly in terms of wide receivers. Like, Like Pittman, he is like a really good rookie and he started heating up in the latter half of the year. But I mean... Just him and Pascal isn't going to be enough. You got to bring in someone, whether it's like Samuel or Godwin, or I don't know if Kenny Galladay would be that because Pittman's kind of the same type of player. I like but, that
1: Samuel uh, call. Yeah. That could be an interesting one.
0: But I do think Indy needs to bring in another piece or another weapon for Wentz. But other than that, I think Indy's a good defense. He finally has protection. Yep. With, that's the big that thing. Old line, yeah. yeah. That's the biggest part. But yeah, I do think they need another weapon. But yeah, I think Indy's a perfect spot for him. Yeah, and-
2: literally one of the the funniest tweets I've ever seen was right <laughs> when this was. Ha- it was right before Wentz got signed or got traded. It was breaking news on ESPN. Did anyone know that Frank Reich used to be Carson Wentz's <laughs> offensive coordinator? Because that I've one, I mean, they just before. absolutely killed it. That's all anyone talked about. But I think it's it's valid because that automatically makes Wentz more comfortable, maybe. I think the offensive line unit is definitely advantage indie. Defense is advantage indie. Running back is advantage Indy. I truly think Jonathan Taylor could be one of the best running backs in the game in a few years. Yeah. And even Pittman himself is probably better than any option Wentz I had agree. in Philly. So so those four things automatically make Indy the better option. Plus, who knows how much stock you can put into it, but the relationship between Doug Peterson and Wentz, and even the organization with, with Lurie and um, Howie, You know, there's just there was so many things that I truly think both sides needed a clean slate. No, I agree with Pat. I think Carson Wentz probably won't ever go back to that 2016 or 2018 version of himself. I mean, but I definitely think he we see his play elevate because he has more talented players around him.
0: I 100 percent agree. And I want to touch on that uh, thing you said earlier about. Breaking news like Frank Wright was his offensive coordinator. It was was the same thing. I followed his Twitter account, and he was like, Did you know that Patrick Mahomes' dad played in the MLB? Because that's all they would say his dad was a pitcher. And he. I laughed every single time. He's like, yo, you wouldn't believe it. Patrick Mahomes' dad played in the MLB. Like, it's crazy. Because they would say it every single time. Mahomes would make a nice throw. It was like, probably got it from his dad, who was a star on (laughs) Like, yeah, you you almost feel bad time. for
2: them for not having anything else to say. I know.
1: Right? No. And, and I, know. I can add in there another instance of that was with the Patriots a couple years ago. Whenever they'd reference Chris Hogan, it was it? Did you know he played <laughs> lacrosse? I mean, that, that's yeah. all they talk about every single Patriots game. So for it's just some of these players, they people find one thing and they stick to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Hogan, you went and uh, he entered the PLL draft. Yeah, I did wild. see that, going, actually. Going back to his roots, so it's kind of cool. He did I say it. on part of my take that he's not retired from football. but he I just, heard that, too. Yeah. So it's like, dual-sport athlete? We'll see. He's
2: keeping it open, for sure. Yeah.
0: But uh, breaking news, as of about an hour and a half ago, Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Now I am so happy for this guy because he was—I'm pretty sure he was on pace for like 80,000 passing yards last year before (laughs) he got hurt.
1: Maybe more.
0: So happy for this guy. But what are your thoughts on this contract for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, talk about sports commentators being finally having something to talk about. They finally don't have to deal with this with this crap anymore. Honestly, that it had turned into. I'm so happy for Dak. I think he deserves every single dollar of it. With 100%. that being said, the reason the Cowboys were so hesitant to pay him in the first place is because they didn't want to pay this type of money. The injury might have been a good thing for Dak. And obviously, he we wish that we we could have seen him play. He he wishes he didn't have to do, go through that surgery, all that. But it was so important for Dak to have concrete evidence of how much he means to the Cowboys and him being on the sidelines did exactly that. And his playoff numbers still aren't there. He still hasn't won them a Super Bowl, but he showed why he's so important. So the Cowboys had no choice, but to make him the second highest paid quarterback in the league, they forced themselves into it. They should have paid him two years ago.
0: That's what I think. (laughs) 100%. I totally agree with you there. Uh, Yeah.
1: I, I do too. So it, it's funny. I was talking with Emma about it before, and I said I still think it's bizarre how Dallas rushed to Ezekiel Elliott's side to pay him as soon as he wanted an extension, but played this waiting game with Prescott. But I, I'm thrilled that that Prescott finally got his money and got that extension. He completely deserves it. He's one of the, been one of the better performing quarterbacks in the league. For a couple of years now, as as you said, Jevin, he was on pace for 80,000 yards. I That is exact. Actually, I can <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> um, I mean, we think about his clutch factor. The guys had 15 game winning drives in his career. As Emma said, he hasn't had the playoff success yet, but he, he did win Dallas their first playoff game in a while which is something they hadn't done for for a little bit. So, listen, Dak's their guy. And, and only not only did we see how it affected them on the field, as Emma was referring to, I mean, you saw when the injury happened how much it meant to all his teammates how yeah. devastated they were. They, yeah. love they, they love him. He's their leader. He's their guy. This had to be done on Dallas's end, but I'm also thrilled that Prescott got his money. According
0: to Tony Romo, though, it was just a cramp. So.
1: oh i was watching live when it happened because i'm a giants fan and you know tony's like oh it's no big deal and i'm i'm watching it on replay about to vomit and yeah romo's like it's fine
0: it's like ah jim i think it's just a cramp and yeah, his jim. ankle's the other way and it's just like <laughs> a little bit more than that yeah just, you, just everyone's a little looking bit. away yeah
1: yeah yeah that that was great and then when he came to the realization he was just quiet he was like oh no <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, so NFL free agency is upon us. It's a week, just over a week away. When this comes out, it'll be exactly a week away. But what I have top five free agents. Like, what are your top five free agents? Mm-hmm. But I'll I won't put you on the spot so much. But I'll ask, what free agents do you like going into free agency and possible destinations for those players?
1: Pat, go ahead. I I like that a lot. Um, so uh, a player that that I looked at that's you know low down on a lot of these lists and it's because of an injury and it's someone I've talked about in the past is Bud Dupree, coming out of the Steelers. You know, so he's going to be entering his age twenty nine season. He's a real disruptor on defense for someone as an edge rusher, um, and of course the injury is going to play into it as a, it's a pretty serious one uh, for him. Uh, But, you know, looking at his stats before he got hurt, so he played 11 games, he had eight sacks. The year before that, he had 11 and a half sacks. I mean, the biggest thing with him is just the speed coming off the edge. And I think that because he is coming off, you know, this problem and, you know, missing missing part of the season and probably going to miss part of training camp as well, uh, I think someone's going to get a decent deal on him where it's probably going to be a one-year deal and it's not going to be a massive financial commitment. And I feel like he's got a chance to go in there. and and really make an impact.
0: Yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah, totally agree. I I
2: can't – I'm not going to say five, but I'm just going to say an entire group. And I think this is one of the best wide receiver free agent class that we've seen in years. I mean, you could literally count off your fingers. Hilton, you mentioned. Corey Davis, Des Bryant, Alan Green, Alan Robin – A.J. Green, Alan Robinson, Kenny Galladay – so many of these guys can go to a team and immediately put them in playoff contention. I think yeah. Chris Chris Godwin will probably be franchise tag too, too, but he makes somebody a playoff team. Juju Smith-Schuster makes somebody a playoff team. So I'm really curious to see where some of the big wide receiver goes. I don't think a lot of them stay. Maybe Allen Robinson stays. I think Galladay leaves. I think Juju leaves. I think Corey Davis leaves which really hurts the Titans.
1: I love but there's going to be
2: for all the highlights that have been about the QB carousel, which I think is valid, a lot of wide receivers are going to be moved this offseason.
0: Yeah, I uh I heard so like Allen Robinson with stain in Chicago. Apparently Russell Wilson wasn't like written into the season ticket holders mm. or whatever. <laughs> So apparently his name wasn't involved with that and a report came out that Chicago's making a serious push for him. So if Russell, if A-Rob is talking to management and they're like, yo, we're going to do everything we can to get Wilson, A-Rob's not going to be in such a hurry to look at yep, right. other teams because if he can get Russell Wilson then that's the missing piece he needs to finally get the attention that he deserves because he's been like super overlooked wide receiver because he's had Trubisky and Foles throwing to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're totally yeah, I like right. like the idea of Allen Robinson staying, but a free agent I'm interested in is Shaquille Barrett. Yes. He had a like outstanding season last year, especially in the playoffs. And Brady and... Uh, Mike Evans are in the works of reconstructing their contract, so maybe they're going to try and open up some cap space. Cause Brady's making thirty million dollars a year out down in Tampa, and you yeah. know Brady, he's the type of guy to be like, I will take less money to bring any to bring anyone back. Like he's all about winning, and Mike Evans wants. Mike to Evans said the same out. thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So Shaq Barrett could really see him staying in Tampa because he was a serious threat. Because Tampa has so many free agents, it's wild. But, I was
2: just gonna say that. Yeah. yeah,
0: Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, I really do like, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But the Bucks are one also, of the most
2: interesting teams to watch too.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. There's so much that so much turnover could happen, or it could yeah. be the exact same team. You just, yeah, you know, defense. You that's a great, great point.
1: Play. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great point. I, Wilson, I talk about disruptor for Bud Dupree disruptor is exactly what Shaq Barrett has been in Tampa. I mean, he had the insane year last year. Then this year was a little quieter, but it was still a very strong year. And once he got into the postseason, I mean, my God, he was an animal. Yeah.
0: It was wild. Uh, Right below Shaq Barrett on my rankings is Aaron Jones. And do you think it's worth the Packers to re-sign him if you got A.J. Dillon, who... Mm. He played well last year, and Aaron Jones is going to be asking for a lot of money. Do they franchise Jones, or do they kind of hope A.J. Dillon is what they drafted him to be, and maybe let Aaron Jones go?
2: I personally tag Jones, because I think the Packers are still waiting to see what the direction of their franchise is going to look like. I get that they might not want to spend on Jones, but it's not like, as we've seen in the past couple of years, LaFleur and company are going out in the draft and hoarding all of these offensive pieces for Rodgers. If you take away Jones, then that just makes the offensive unit one talented player less. Yeah. It takes one guy out of the mix. And I think the Packers can go out there and try and compete for one more year with Rodgers, with Adams, with Jones. And then you see if you're going to cut some money, if you're going to go in the draft, they also have too high of a draft pick this year to really pick up a, a high impact guy. But mm-hmm. I tag them, and then I see what Rogers is thinking after this upcoming season. I see how Jones is feeling, and then maybe you go you go try and, and think about the future, but I think we'll Jones one more year. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I agree cuz it's not like they have a Cleveland Browns situation where the, if they lose Chubb they got Kareem Hunt or if right. it, vice versa. But if you uh, lose Jones you got Williams and AJ Dillon and, and the they're talented,
2: off, but not the to drop James off level. is like they're still
0: yeah. trying to win a Super Bowl. One last Super Bowl run with the Rodgers and I think Jones is going to be a really key part to maybe take some attention off of Adams and maybe make the play action a little bit more effective with him in the backfield.
1: I agree. I, I like Jones. I think they probably should bring him back. I think he, he ends up walking away and it's not because I would say green Bay doesn't want him. I think Jones, as as you said, Jevin is going to ask for some money this uh, and of course they yeah. could tag him, but I'm not sure they want to commit their franchise tag to running backs. We, we really don't see that all that often. Um, That's true. but so I, I, you know, they took AJ Dillon. I think he started to flash a little bit you know, towards the back end of the season. I, I think they have a lot of confidence in him. I like A.J. Dillon coming out of college. I actually thought we'd see more of him this past season than we ended up seeing. Uh, as you said, they, you know, they still have Jamal Williams as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jones walks and they try to sign a, a cheaper kind of replacement for him to throw into some sort of, you know, backfield tandem and, and work things out there just to try to save costs on running back and, and go somewhere else since they did spend a high pick on Dillon. But as you're saying, you know, straight performance wise, Aaron Jones is a stud and he fits that Packers offense really well. So I, I, I don't think you can argue with them if they are looking to bring him back in the way of a franchise tag.
0: Yeah, he's on my dynasty team. So I really, <laughs> really like him. And <laughs> yeah, he did no, one last year. Yeah, yeah he exactly. was so good. So one uh, we'll go over quickly before. Um, we'll quickly go over the NFL draft and kind of who you like and um, before we answer some questions and before I let you guys go. But the NFL draft is coming up and we got we got some time before it. But do you guys agree that Trevor Lawrence is number one without a doubt? Like yeah. there's no chance that Jags go anywhere in any other direction? No question. Uh, yeah, I do too. Where do you think... Do the... What do you th- what do you think the Jets do at number two? Because I think they should go after Sewell, Is it mm. Sewell from Oregon. Yeah, I think they should I've heard it both ways. Yeah, Because yeah. I think they should protect Darnold because I don't think he's a problem. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think.
2: That's an interesting that's an interesting pick. I actually agree that I think they're going to stick with Darnold, but I think it's going to I think they're going to, to, to trade back, and I think they're going to try to just accumulate some pieces because Sewell automatically gives them protection, and that's that's definitely what the Jets need. But I think they can target some really good guys along with some receivers, along with some defensive help, Yeah. patch a lot of holes instead of going all in on Sewell with the two pick. The last thing I want to see, and I think it was – uh, McShay came out with his mock draft today, and he had four quarterbacks going in a row. He literally uh, had Lawrence, Law, I think it was Lawrence Wilson, Fields, Lance. Lance. Four of the top man. five guys. I do not want to see that at all, and and trades come yeah, into me that. Too. But for some reason, I think the Jets are going to give Darnold one more chance, and I'm okay with that. And I I want to see yeah. him with with better talent around him, how he adjusts and for
1: one more year. Oh, interesting. I'm going to go the opposite way again. So I'm going to give it to you different. I think they go Zach Wilson at two. I, uh, and the, the reason why I think they change things up is just remember, Sam Darnold is not Joe Douglas's guy, the, the, mm-hmm. the Jets general manager. He did not draft him. He came in after him. Starting over with Robert Sala as well. I just think the Jets are going to try to fully hit reset on this and try and do it over again. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much you're going to get for Darnold's because while I completely agree, A, he hasn't been protected, and B, he doesn't have weapons, he's also looked you know, very bad in a lot yeah. of different instances here. So uh, if I'm the Jets, I, it, I think there's a, a decent chance they fall in love with Zach Wilson here. Now, as you guys are saying, if they do not fall in love with the quarterback, trade back. To just accumulate picks. Or go Suel who I think is going to be an absolute star. You bookend your line with Becton and, and him out of Oregon. And you're kind of set there for a little while. So I think that makes a lot of sense for the Jets. But when it's all said and done, I do think they go quarterback at two. And of the quarterbacks left, I, I have a feeling it'll be Zach Wilson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because Indy was in the same situation. They had a bad old line. They picked Quentin mm-hmm. Nelson. Next thing you know, within a year, they're Worked top out. five offensive Yeah, Good point. So if they they draft so well, then and he's projected to be an outstanding offensive lineman, I think he can quickly add some add a good foundation to the franchise. Because you need to give your quarterback time to make the weapons mm-hmm. receivers get open for the quarterback to do his job. But if he's constantly running around like Mahomes in the Super Bowl, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. So. Yeah. I think Sewell is the right pick at two, but I can also see them just hitting the reset button with the new coaching GM and stuff like that. So I can agree with that.
1: You're 100% right uh, on the Sewell stuff. I think the Jets control this draft here too. I I think Mm. how they kind of dictate what happens here if they go quarterback or if they go with him as Sewell is the best player available.
2: Yeah. I think it's too much to say that some of these quarterbacks are toss-ups because we've seen them prove themselves. Maybe not Lance because he didn't play last season, but... I'm just – I don't I don't know how likely it is that any of these G- GMs are falling in love with these picks besides Lawrence and the Jags and besides some teams who obviously need quarterbacks like mm-hmm. the Falcons and the Panthers are the two ones that stick out to me the most. But Nick Day has actually said it when he came on – did you hear, Pat? He said the, the Super Bowl performance of the Chiefs offensive line proved that – Teams picking offensive linemen in the first five or six picks should no longer be laughed at because now we should all know how important offensive linemen are and how much they automatically make your team better, no matter if they're a rookie or if they're 32. If you have Mm -hmm. a good offensive line, that makes you a team, a a contender because quarterback protection is everything.
1: You're so right.
0: So do you guys have a favorite prospect going in? Hmm. That's a scene. good question. I'm
2: I have I'm, to go with Smith. Devontae Smith.
0: Yeah. He's yeah, that's a good answer. I think he's uh, just electrifying. I'm, I'm interested to see how Field does. Mm. I'm yeah, interested so to see too. how Field yeah. does. 'Cause I don't I don't like him I like him as the third best QB behind Wilson and Lawrence just because so. I'm not confident in Ohio State quarterbacks because they don't have a good <laughs> track <fair>. record. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, it, yeah. I'm interested to see how Fields does just for that reason. And I agree with you, Devontae Smith. That's going to be is – it'll be cool to see him. He's such a fun player to watch, especially in the yeah. national championship game.
1: Exactly. Oh, of course. I'll, I'll give you two quickly, one offense, one defense. Offense, Kyle Pitts from Florida. Uh, they, my theme here is going to be versatility. I, I love Pitts. I think he's going to be a red zone threat. He can also stretch the field. They can play him at wide receiver, whoever gets him. I, I, I'm a, just a massive fan of him. I think he's one of the more polished – he just skills, skill skill uh, type players we've seen uh, in a while, and then defensively, M- Michael Parsons out of out of Penn State. I think you saw how important it is to have athletic linebackers in the Super Bowl there with Tampa Bay. He seems yeah. to fit that prototypical super fast type inside linebacker that can just fly up and down the field. Now he's gonna be a little raw, uh, especially in coverage, but I I'm a big fan of his, and I think whoever gets him can if he develops a little bit can just turn can honestly has the potential to turn to an all-pro interesting
0: so time for the press gonna answer some questions sent in and you can send in sure. your questions at left side heavy underscore on instagram and twitter or at jevin on instagram at jevin lafave on twitter we got three so the first one is this comes from speak your piece it's a um my buddy ian mcnaughton who hosts it he's from my sports broadcasting class very good podcast over there at speaker piece but who's a lesser known free agent that should be on every team's radar
1: oh man i used up my bud to breathe too early
0: (laughs) (laughs) i alluded to mine earlier but i think it's curtis samuel
1: Mm.
0: Because I think every team could use a gadget receiver, except if you have, like, um, like Casey, who has, like, a bunch of pieces. But I think Curtis Samuel can fit into a lot of offenses. He can do a lot of different stuff. Especially, like, imagine, like, Curtis Samuel and Green Bay line up on the other side of Devontae Adams, give Rodgers another piece to work with. So I think Curtis Samuel, he can do a lot. But, yeah, that's my under-the-radar free agent
1: i yeah i like that one i will again stick kind of stick to my roots for things i've talked about with Emma. i'm gonna go with chris carson as a as a running back if he does leave seattle and, and i talked about it before i love him love 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 him in buffalo i think it's just such a perfect fit for a team that has really you know struggled to find some sort of consistency on the ground carson's got playoff experience he's a solid receiver He's been one of the top running backs in the game for a while. And even though he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. So I think you add him to a winning situation, either as in a rotation out of the backfield, or as a guy you're really going to focus on. And I I think he's really going to broaden someone's offense and give someone some decent options. Yeah. I'll I'll go defense.
2: I, I think it's got to be an edge rusher and I think it's because of how important the Super Bowl was like I mentioned with offensive line protection you've got to be able to have guys that can get to the rusher and I think one of the biggest rushers it's Levante David who I think is mm. automatically on everyone's radar but someone yeah. who I think could be could be sliding through the cracks a little bit is is Cincinnati's Carl Lawson and he's yeah. able to get to the quarterback in okay. such an efficient way and he's not talked about because on, he's on a team that underperforms, obviously. But I think it is so important for two edge rushers to be able to get to the quarterback. He's so athletic. He's a big guy, but he's he's very imposing, I mean. But he's also very athletic. He's quick. He's got the size. And I think he makes a, a defense a lot better because he can get to the quarterback so quickly.
0: That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, Next question comes from... Brock Smeltzer, big Jags fan. Nice. Um, Who should the Jaguars sign a free agency?
1: They got a lot of money. Um.
0: Yeah. I have a a few picks here. And one, I got to give credit to my buddy Hayden, who has a question too. But Hunter Henry. Oh, that's what I was going to
1: say. Yep, I love that.
0: Oh, sorry, Pat. No,
1: no, no, no. But, exactly. Listen, I agree. obviously, you know, I agree but, with the pick.
0: <laughs> so I, he said Hunter Henry, and I really liked that a lot because I was trying to figure it out. And then I also went – so Hunter Henry or W. Smith, uh, I think a really good year last year. But I think they need to kind of solidify that defense again, kind of bring that back. I think that was a big – they got DJ Chark already. Trevor Lawrence projectedly coming in. I think they should sign Shaq Griffin and just—he's mm. not gonna—he's not the solution, but he's probably better than what you already got. And he's a—he's a what's the word I'm looking for? But he's. He will get the job done. Yeah, like stable. Has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a stable cornerback. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. He's a stable cornerback, and I think you can get him on a decent deal, and the market's pretty thin for cornerbacks, so I think they should a make point. a stab at him. And and he's only, like, 26, so why yeah. not?
2: Yeah. As I'm going through my head, I think if they when they draft Lawrence, the three pretty <laughs> solids will be Lawrence at quarterback – uh, James Robinson at running back of course. and DJ Chark at wide receiver one. I don't know if Chark would be wide receiver one at a lot of other teams, but I still think I'll go with what I said as the most interesting group. I think the Jaguars can make some runs at a few wide receivers and they're going to yeah. be lower level guys. I don't see Galladay or Godwin or even T.Y. Hilton going there, but what about a Will Fuller?
0: Oh, interesting. The, the, the Texans. Field?
2: Yeah. The Texans aren't going to want to keep him. Willer's a, a deep threat. He can, he can stretch the field. He's also a good cut guy, some slants there. I think they're going to want to give Lawrence as many weapons as possible. And Fuller was the first wide receiver that popped into my head there.
1: That, that could be a really interesting one. I, uh, I like that. So funny. I was, I'm looking at defense as well for Jacksonville. And I was just thinking safeties, Marcus May, only seeing that he was literally tagged by the Jets about an hour ago. Yeah, I'm glad I'm right before this. Yeah, Exactly. So I will go the other big safety, Marcus Williams uh, coming coming from the Saints. If you want to talk about age again, he's only 24 years old hitting free agency. He's been a playmaker at the back of that Saints defense. Uh, Three interceptions a year ago is is pretty decent and coming up to stop the run as well. I think he would be a really strong type signing to be able to sure things up towards the back end of that defense. And again, like what, what do we talk about in the NFL? What it's all about rushing the passer and creating turnovers on defense. He's mm-hmm. the type of guy that can go and get some interceptions. It's a good pick too.
0: That is a really good pick. So uh, how are you guys doing on time? Do you, uh, do you need to be somewhere? Because this last question might take a little bit long, so I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. I'm good I'm
2: finishing up the
1: last question. Yeah, I'm good finishing up the yeah. last
0: question, too. Okay, so then we will do it, but uh, rank these QBs in their prime. This <laughs> comes from my buddy Hayden. So this one could be... Uh, this one could take a bit, but... Uh, you got Brady. You got Breeze. You got Colts, Manning... So, and then you got Rivers, Rodgers, Big Ben, Alex Smith, Flacco, and Vic. Oh,
2: my got goodness. nine
0: quarterbacks there. Yeah, he listed a lot. But... I'm writing them down. Me I got too.
2: Brady, Brady, Brady Breeze, Manning, Vic, Smith, Rodgers.
0: Rivers.
1: Okay. Rivers, yeah, I missed that one.
0: Big Ben. Did you get Flacco? No. Yep. So you should have nine. I have nine. Okay. Whew. Ooh.
1: Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm writing them out right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. The it, very interesting list of quarterbacks here. Yeah, you've, you kind of run like the gamut. Three. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so we can kind of go one for one, or if you just want to rattle off your list, but yeah, it's it's interesting.
2: The only one want- that sticks out to me right now, sorry to cut you off, Pat, it's Brady. Yeah. Brady is my one.
0: Yeah. I hope Brady that you
2: guys have- feel the same
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm a Patriots fan, so Brady's always going to be my number one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Brady is also my number one.
2: (laughs) And he's still in his prime at age 43. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, it's an interesting question with the in-your-prime aspect. Um, These are good. So if if we all agree that Brady's one, do we want to then go two through nine, or do we want to start nine and and work our way up?
0: We'll go... uh, We'll go nine and work our way up. Okay. okay.
1: Uh, I, I could go that the, for nine, uh, the, the Alex Smith for me. I have never been yeah. a, a large me Alex too. Smith fan. Of course, listen, everything is disclaimed by saying what he did this past year is beyond incredible to be Ooh, uh, ever I'm be cool. able to walk out on a football field again. But I can't say I've ever been the largest Smith fan. I think he's been a, a product of, you know, short passing offenses and, and, and not really able to take his team's places they should be just because he's more of a limited type quarterback. Uh, so I I <laughs> I scale back on my criticism for him, knowing now what he's gone through, the you know, the, over the past year plus. But uh, I have never uh, been a, a huge supporter of Alex Smith.
0: Yeah. I uh, I can see him signing with the Patriots for some reason, just because he's a very check down type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick thing, because he did get released. But yeah, I got Alex Smith at the bottom as well.
2: I agree. I've seen him actually linked to the Jags recently too, as
1: Lawrence's backup. Could be a backup. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, eight. This is this is the hardest part of the list for me right now is the six, seven, eight portion.
0: I think for eight, I got Flacco.
1: I had Flacco mm. at eight too. That's where I was leaning.
0: Because he did win a Super Bowl, but man, yep. that Ravens that Ravens team was also dynamite as well, just like mm-hmm. all like all over the field. But Flacco, like he never really stood out to me in any sort of way next to these quarterbacks. So especially yeah, a think,
2: recency bias too. I'm yeah. having a hard time putting Flacco any higher than eight.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I feel the same way. It's, especially the years that followed after that Super Bowl too. It's not like he you know turned into some you know a massive quarterback after that. So I I think eight's a good spot for him there.
2: Yeah. Seven. I had Vic. I do
0: too. I want to put him higher. But... Wow. We all agree.
2: <laughs> I I truly did want to put him higher because of the dual threat, and I think that's becoming yeah. so much more valuable now. But I can't put any other guy ahead of him yeah. in their prime. I yeah, can't.
1: I feel the same way.
0: Yeah, Vic was the type of quarterback that his arm was so powerful. Like he could, like we all know that 80-yard bomb he threw to yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson in Philly first play of the game or whatever. But yeah, Vic, he was so good. But I don't know, he, I could, he just could never get it done. Yeah and but one of the i mean he's always linked to lamar jackson right or lamar jackson's yep. always linked to, Link him. to
2: him yeah
0: but yeah, yeah. Vic, I, I just i can't put him ahead of any of these guys but it does it's like the drop off between seven and eight, eight is huge yeah in my opinion just in terms of like prime players but like vic i just say i couldn't put him any higher
1: Yeah, I think that's very fair. I actually was going back and forth for if I wanted Flacco or Vic ahead of him, and I'm going to go with Vic kind of with the electricity factor that he Mm -hmm. brought. But, I mean, just looking at the numbers, especially passing-wise, he never was, you know, like superstar passing-wise. Of course, we know all about the legs as well. Uh, You know, limited playoff success, you know, only only two career playoff wins there, not too many appearances, so I, I can't really put him any higher. But, man, he was fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah, he was
0: so fun to watch.
1: A lot of
2: playoff success is what drove me for my next couple picks, too. Hmm. But I'm not sure that all of them are legit now that I'm actually looking back at them. (laughs) But I I went back and forth between 6 and 5, too. I had River 6, Roethlisberger 5.
0: Same here. Same I
2: truly, I think Roethlisberger in his prime was a complete beast in the pocket. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah. People are going to think we're talking outside of the...
1: I know. The yeah, no, right? know. We, first oh, time hearing this. Yeah, but, uh, I
0: I mainly put Roethlisberger ahead just because of that Super Bowl that he won. Yeah, me too. Yep. And I, yeah, he just, like, he was considered one of the better qbs in the league and i rivers just he could never get past like the afc divisional he yeah. like just could never get over that hump even if you play on like a torn acl which is wild it's crazy but
1: i think the, same, yeah, I thought I got, the same exact thing yeah
0: yeah i mainly put roethlisberger ahead because of that super bowl that's yep. that's crazy that we all thought that
1: yeah I, Yeah, I agree. That's that's the way I got to do it too. And Rivers' best chances to get there was kind of earlier in his career, the uh, kind of like the Schottenheimer years, you know, in the yeah. the late 2000s there. But for for Roethlisberger, I mean, the, you know, as you were saying, the two Super Bowls that the guy has, um, and how good he was in the in the middle of his career when he was healthy and he had the arm strength and you know before the injuries, he was he was phenomenal. But the problem is there are four guys that are incredible that I have ahead yeah. of him. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So maybe we'll have a different
1: top four. (laughs) Well we know we have the same
2: one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so four, two, three. I'll say all three right now. I had Rodgers four, Breeze three, Manning two.
0: I have the exact same thing. I'm not even joking. I (laughs) Oh thank God. (laughs) I was gonna I was flipping Bree Peyton is my two. I was flipping between Breeze and Rodgers. Yeah. I was thinking of putting Rogers third because Rogers is still dealing at the time, at mm-hmm. the age he is, and Breeze is slowly falling off. But I think Breeze just like the records that he's thrown and how his like, consistent accuracy, and he slowly went to his shorter throws the last few years, but he was still slinging it and like his prime. He was like, consistently in the seventies for a completion percentage, but yeah, I think I'd put breeze three Rogers four and then Peyton two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I'm very similar. The only ones I flip flop is exactly what you were talking about. Jevin. I have Rogers three and breeze four. Uh, And it's not to take anything away from breeze. I just look Rogers and you know, some of the, some of the throws that the guys made throughout the years, he hasn't always had a ton of weapons on the outside you know, with Green Bay, I I love Rogers. I, dominance is a word that comes to mind with him. But then you think he only has one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Breeze, though. So that wasn't really yeah. too much of a separating factor there. So I think they're really they're close. It's so hard to compare the two because they're such different style quarterbacks. As you say, Breeze has always been that pinpoint accuracy type guy. And is
0: quarterback,
1: exactly. Yeah. And Rogers is the guy that you know is going to be able to stretch that ball down the field. So I think they're unbelievably hard to compare, but I will give Rodgers the bump. And as you said, Peyton Manning in his prime was, you know, oh, he, yeah. there would be an argument for him to be the greatest to ever do it. If there wasn't I was going to say and Thomas Brady, yeah. that's the problem. So I,
0: yeah, well,
1: 100% can't take anything away from Peyton.
2: Yeah. Manning was my obvious too. I The thing too is that Sean Payton and Drew Brees were such a perfect pair that yeah. I, I really do think that a lot of Breeze success became, came because of Peyton, and a lot of Peyton's success came because he had Br- Breeze. They worked so well together. But the oh, other thing cool. is that if we're talking prime, I don't think – would you guys still call this Aaron Rodgers prime?
0: I mean, he no. just put up 48 he still, touchdowns. Yeah. He did. He <laughs> did,
2: but – in actuality, it's not yeah. his problem.
0: It's not his yeah. problem. And, yeah. and it's going to be hard to replicate that.
2: Right. Breeze has <laughs> been had been a bit far removed from it. But I think when he was winning that Super Bowl, his arm strength was was unmatched. He could do everything. And Rodgers could, too. I It was just a gut thing for me. I put Breeze ahead of him. I really can't even That's explain fair. it
1: I will. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I said, it's fair. I think they're so close. It's just hard to compare them because of the different styles. But, man, both of them all-time greats and surefire Hall of fame or something. Yeah. That was I a feel, good list, though.
0: Wow. Yeah, it was a good list. I feel so bad for Breeze because he was just never the best quarterback in the league at the You're time. You're so right. Yeah. So yeah. whenever he'd have an MVP year, someone would just come from the clouds and just have an even better year. <laughs> yeah. Like – I wanted him to win so badly when Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns. I was like, no, give it to Breeze. He hasn't won it. <laughs> bro. I was like, you have to give it to Mahomes. He threw 50 touchdowns. Like, yeah. you have no choice. Yeah. Yep. But he's, he was just never the best quarterback. But he was so good. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. For, for sure. But he was just never the best quarterback, which is going to be so hard to believe. But.
2: You're right. I mean, it's the same wild. could probably be said about Russell Wilson, too. Yeah. 100%. He struggles with that every single year.
0: Starts off hot yeah, it's and always it. just simmers down as someone yeah. stays consistent.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> but that's uh, that's time for the press. Don't be afraid to... Don't shy away from sending in questions. We gave the tags a bit earlier, and we'll give them at the end of the show. But Emma, Pat, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Um, This is... Where you guys can plug anything you want to promote, your podcasts, social medias, this is your time to shine.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us. It, it really was a lot of fun. We did yeah. not plan our list beforehand, even though Jeb and yeah, had the same one. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> promise. No
0: planning was involved behind the scenes.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a lot. But my, my personal Twitter is at Emma underscore Houghton9, and our podcast is... Called the Did You Hear podcast, and it's on Twitter
1: and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. Yeah, exactly. We absolutely had an awesome time talking with you, Jevin. This was this was great, um and I we we agreed a lot, which is fun. Um, yeah, so always cool. And uh, my personal Twitter is at pzang15.
0: All right, and you guys know where to follow me at Jevin Lefave on Twitter at Jevin on Instagram. Follow the podcast social media at side heavy underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe, download the episodes, leave a rating and a review. It would really help me out and help grow the show. But, yeah, guys, thank you again. This was a lot of fun. And yeah. we'll do it again soon. Awesome. I'd love thank to you. have you guys back on. And yeah, we'd yeah, love to have
2: you it. on ours, too.
0: It'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love that. We'll set something up.
2: Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Gavin.